please be advised the following program contains some adult themes and content. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Three hundred and sixty-five days of sport. Oh, Karim Benzema, everybody. Happy Tuesday. It's time for the greatest sports radio show on the planet. Yes, the Jack Links Beef and Ham Jerky 365 Days of Sport Radio Show. With me in the studio, as always, Mr. Casual Rob Bryce. I'm injured, Beefy. Injured? I'm injured. It was an eventful weekend for Roberto. Really? Highly eventful weekend. Things happening. So... We were in charge of babysitting again this weekend. Oh, okay. And all, all so I had I, I work in this bottle shop, right, in the booze shop for at least a week. So oh, I haven't been standing on my feet for a long time, beef. Right, it's hard work, fatigue. Getting a bit tired by the end of uh, the Friday, the Friday night. But we were in charge of the girls this weekend. Right, We've got the babysitting for Saturday day and night. And TK has a, this is Tess, my girlfriend. Yep. TK is the short version. Tess Kelly, see the short TK. version of Tess. Yeah. Well, oh, off, wow. Off t- yeah, yeah. You're pressed for time in your Nice, Rob. <laughs> and uh, so he's she's taking the girls on the scooters, and I'm going to take all the stuff. The scooters, the scooters. They're on scooters. Wow. They're going to take the stuff in the car, and uh, no, I'm going to take the stuff in the car. Sorry, meet them at Derribin Creek, right? Oh, cool. And anyway, I get a call not five minutes after they left, and I can hear massive crying in the background. Oh, Little no. Evie, who's four, has had a massive crash. Wipe and she's wiped out. She's taking the, some skin off her elbow, and she's uh, not not too happy about life. And, and uh, so I have to come down and minister some first aid and band-aids, put her in the baby seat and drive her off to okay. the park. And anyway, so there's that drama sort of. And then I got sent to the wrong end of the park by Tessa's directions. Oh, okay. And so I'm at the wrong end, and we're floundering about trying to get where we're supposed to be. We're meeting... Um, Did I need the story time with Rob Sting here? by the way. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> okay. definitely not. But anyway, I then take little, little Eve on an excursion down the creek and she wants to cross the river and do all sorts. She's much yep. happier now. She's cheered up. Right. We're back and forth over the river and then Ren, who's 10, and this is our friend's daughter and Stella, who's 7, are going the other way and so Eve wants to go and catch up with them, cross, I cross back over the creek. I right. carry across every time, always in calm waters where it's fairly shallow, you know, no problems. And I've got sort of a, like sort of Italian style open shoes with the oh. plaits weaves. All right, okay. So it's quite sort of, uh, I can splash in the water, it doesn't matter too much if they get right, wet. Right, got you. Anyway, they all of a sudden, uh, I put Evie down a chase after them. She's only four. Yep. But Ren, who's 10, goes racing across the river at a point where there's a bit of a rapid and the waters Ooh. are quite high-ish. But she, as a 10-year-old, she's quite competent and can handle this stuff very easily. But I observe quickly, because Eve's gone straight after her, chasing her, <laughs> and she's four. Oh, wow. And I'm like, this is not not good. No. So I went running down, grabbed her, and yelled at her, and stopped her, and said, and because and, she's just going, I want to cross the river! I want to cross! Because <laughs> she's totally fearless. And but I, So I just got her over the dangerous bit and got her to the safe part, and she finished, and, but then I looked behind me, and Stella, who's just seven, she's a bit scared, and she's freaking out and doesn't want to cross the thing. But now I've got all them over that side and she's on that. So I can't, I have to get everyone on the same side so I can, <laughs> I can rally the herd. So I pick up Stell and I'm just carrying her and I'm just sort of feeling like balance is not really my best thing, Beef. Okay. Like, you so, and me both, fella. So I'm sort of, well, yes, well, we know. So I'm, I'm, I'm carrying Stell 
I just say, okay, I just have to make sure I hit that rock cleanly, then I can bounce off. If I get that right, everything's going to be fine. Okay. And just out of the corner of my eye, I didn't see this little stick of a log sticking out. My toe hit it, clipped it, and it's going over. And I'm going straight down. And all I'm thinking at this point is, do not not crush the kid. So I spin and just (laughs) sacrifice myself totally so she lands on top of me. Right. And I don't even notice the impact of what I land on. And I just checked. She she, she had a tiny wee bump on the head, but she was all right. But she was more panicking about the the little water and stuff. But I got her out safely and she just just made sure she was all right. And she was fine. She didn't cry or anything, but she was just a little bit shocked by the fall. Yeah. And then they're like, Rob, you're bleeding. You're bleeding. And I was like, I just looked down and there's actually quite a lot of blood going down my <laughs> shin. But I didn't, I just go, oh no, that's nothing. No, I'm fine. There's no pain. Nothing, just wiped, right. wiped it off. All that adrenaline from saving the And I was the just kids. like, okay, kids, back to the picnic now, walking back and it's walking down. And I keep looking down and this blood's it's kind of running. Like there's a fair bit there. But I didn't, it's not sort of paying attention, just sort of wiping it away. Seems to be slowing down. Get to the thing and then there's sort of like, and they have the kids straight away just going, Rob's bleeding, yelling to the other parents. I go and they look at it and I sort of go, oh, I better have a look. And I sort of look properly and then and opened it up and it's a full blown gash. Wow. Right the way down. And um, yeah, so. Some, some uh, first aid had to be applied and a bandage and, and all that stuff. And uh, off to hospital. Yeah. I was, I was quite happy about it. I was like, this, this is all a bit of drama. We don't need to do all this. For yeah, yeah. this you know, and, and um, I said, oh, yeah, probably need a few stitches or something. But then the doc- I said, I said Doc, you know, I've got to say, this, this has got to be the most, considering how vulgar it looks, one of the most uh, painless injuries I've ever had in my entire life. She's yeah. like, yeah, that's because you've severed all the nerves. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that'll, 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 that'll do it. So, um, and I, I drove myself to the hospital. It's my right leg, which is the accelerator. I've got yeah, to manage, yeah. yeah so, uh, but anyway, it's it's uh, it's just starting to be a bit painful. It's, uh, your right yesterday leg is also the brake. The right leg is no, there's no brake. What? What do you mean the brake? The brake, you know that middle pedal that's normally in. That's... Oh yeah, yeah, it does use the brake as well. Yeah, so it's a fairly active. Yeah, thanks, league. Rob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, four stitches in the end. Oh, four. Um, yeah, mm. you were hoping more, were you? Well, yeah. I don't know. Um, so you're that lucky, was sort you're of lucky to get stitches nowadays. They normally just tape it up or glue it. Yeah, no. Well, well, the one down below in the middle shin that got taped up and glued. Right. Because there was a second one. But this ah. was this was the made the major one. The, so, the are you going to fully recover from these severed nerves? Well, she said, yeah, she said seven to ten days. You normally you get the stitches out, right? Um, so, what about the nerves? Well, I'm starting to get. It's been more painful yesterday and today than it was on the day because the nerve the nerves are oh, starting to reconnect. Now. I apologise for laughing, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I'm just amazed. Oh, no, it was actually quite amusing because yeah. it, it really the whole time it didn't hurt at all. Like I was just strutting around almost with more swagger with my Blood. gaping wound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, wow, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, saved the day. Didn't didn't feel anything though. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh... But it was kind of this double edged sort of like I did a good job of not hurting the child, but yeah. in retrospect, I should have just told everyone to turn around and go back and not cross the river. If I could do, was there a bridge my or, within or, fifty meters? Or or I would have just stood in the water and just got wet and yeah. just passed everyone that's across. Easy way. That's the easier way just... to do it, rather than worry about yeah. getting a bit wet. Yeah, one of those things, beef. I, I backed myself when Fantastic. I shouldn't have. So that was that was the eventful part of my weekend. So was this early on the first day? This was on the Saturday at about, oh, so it would got, have been about four o'clock. I was going to say, so you got, I got, to, you I got, got to, to the hospital at five. sit on the couch the rest of the weekend? Um, well, that was sort of my plan. This is the thing, <laughs> like the races were on and I was yeah. having to do like park stuff. But not this weekend. Not Ev- like- the Everest. 
Not like Shaquille O'Neal, one hand. What? He keeps on the TV, keeps telling me about yeah. how I can bet with one hand. Yeah, well, I, no, I can do that as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that is exciting, kind yeah. of. So that's that was so that was a bit of an event. And this booze shop is 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 uh, an interesting one. The tradies, God, they love their premixes. They it love is their just premixes. Flying out the door. The amount of sugar these things must have in them. <laughs> that's true. And. Uh, what oh, is God, the? They, what they is don't the, hesitate to swipe the old swiper. What's top of the charts in terms of what is number one? Well, but seller? there's so many of these things. Well, that's the thing that it's branched right up. There's about out. eight different Jack Daniels and Cokes you can get. Different really? sizes, formats, oh, well. zero sugars, and double doses, and all this sort of stuff. Wild turkeys. Is there all anyone different... that's caught you by surprise, like a Midori Illusion UDL? I generally just scan and get on with oh, it. Okay. I don't. I, I, don't I, I, I have a quick look. Well, I'm mostly see. So, I'm but I'm looking at all the wines. You see, because that's what I'm interested when in. When Timmy the tradie comes and says, oh, Rob, the usual, mate, you've got yeah. no idea well, what's I have, going on. I, it's hard to say the usual when it's your third day, you know. Um, <laughs> although a couple of them I do know the usual already. They're there that, you Because go. they're everyday blunts. Are they um, drinking a case a day, are they? <laughs> well, who knows how many people are involved. True. And the beers, the, the Carlton Dry, the Great Northern. Um, Most popular beer in Australia the, nowadays. BB. Great Northern's most popular beer. Great Northern is now the highest Original or beer. the crisp oh, 3.5%? You're, you're talking to the wrong man about yeah. that, but I do know mm. that they sold more Great Northern than VB last year. Okay. VB well, is flying out the door too. Victoria, mate. Mm. So, yeah, but that's been fun. I can't wait for these more tales from the bottle shop from Rob yeah, so yeah, we can yeah. get the story time with Rob Sting going yeah, a bit yeah. more. But today I was photography assistant today. God, it never yeah, ends, yeah. are you, Rob? Yeah, never just, ends. Just keep moving. Photography, see what were you assisting on? I was assisting on the uh, interior arch- uh, architectural photography of a high rise structure in oh, the CBD. Beautiful. They have big swimming pools. They had oh. a poker room. Um, a poker room. Poker room. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It's pretty awesome. And all these sort of grand-looking lounges. You wouldn't have thought in the new high-rise flats that a poker room would be a necessity. But clearly it is nowadays. The move of the times, you've got to provide a bit of entertainment, a bit of fun times. A karaoke room too. Cinema room. Right. Yeah, all sorts of things going on there, Beef. I did when I was looking for a flat years ago. There was two towers in this building, mainly internal, but the two towers were linked by a swimming pool. Okay. So you could have a swim between the buildings. That's pretty scary, It was it? weird, yeah. Here in Melbourne. South Bank, yeah. That's, 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 that would be scary. Is it glass? Um, like I said, it wasn't kind of, it was outdoorish, but it was indoor. Yeah. So it was a bit weird. So, but it wasn't on the ground floor. It was like on floor six. Okay. Yeah. It was a bit strange. Yeah. But so in answer to your question, no, not really scary. And two, I didn't move in there, so I never used it. Okay. I was looking at it. Sure. It's sort of the, one of those stories where almost, but not quite. Story of my life. Like well. I said last week when, when Kramer was almost a lawyer. Yeah. That close. That close. I was that. Actually, I wasn't that close because it was a share flat. Mm. And the people that were there were horrendous. Okay. I'm going to be honest. So Low, lowest of the low. I wouldn't say that. I just yeah. did. I, it was never a Not match made in heaven. Yes. <laughs> Definitely wasn't my scene. Right. Yeah. We better go through what's going on a bit later because uh, we're, we've, we've already banged through a few minutes. So, officially, we are the kiss of death to these FA Cup teams. <laughs> <laughs> and our new team, yeah. Hungerford Town, they lost on Saturday. 1-0. They lost in the league, 1-0. Oh, in the league. In the league. Not in the FA Cup game. Not in the FA Cup, because that's this Well, that's weekend. good, because that'll give us some motivation to get yeah. up. Well, they've actually got... For Sunday, they're playing... Uh, bro- broth, broth, are they playing brothel? <laughs> yeah, they're playing in a brothel. Bro- Bromwell. Bromley. Bromley, that's it. <laughs> 
Hungerford v Brothel. <laughs> imagine, imagine a team just Brothel FC. That's who we are. Anyway, they lost their way to Dartford. They've got a league game tonight. Weirdly enough, uh, have Hungerford. But has this for a twist? Sirencester, our former team. Yeah, they beat Kidlington five-one in the FA Trophy. Hamworthy, another one of our yeah. former teams. They won three 0 at home in the league. Yeah, and Hamworthy are coming off that five-nil abandoned game. However, Newport County, we drew nil-nil. But it was live on international TV. Fantastic. So in Australia, I got to see Newport County live on the telly. But Newport County is above a lot of these teams that we're... We're League 2, yeah. We're we're kind of fully professional. Yeah. But uh, a strange choice for Newport Bradford to be one of the live games. It is International Weekend, so the Premier League aren't playing. uh, The Championship aren't Mm. playing. A load of games in League 1 were called off because there's also under-21 games and things. So there was a limited pool for them to choose from for the international games. Mm -hmm. How common is it for players to go from like a team like Hungerford or Newport or something and then get go on to like Man U or something? No, normally they're already in the system from his kids, yeah. aren't they? And they, they are just come through. Yeah. yeah. How can they identify them that? I mean, there could be a theory out there that if you would, did that from the age five and you they you had some athletic ability and you went through from Man City or something mm. from age dot, that you would just end up being a professional because of you, there are resources? The worst thing about the top clubs now, it would be very, very rare for juniors in the system to actually play for the first team because... Premier League teams are carrying such big squads. Mm. It is so, so hard for you to be recognised as an, an outstanding youth prospect. Right. Because what also happens as well, when you're 18, 19, you sign your first professional forms, mm. you get loaned out. So okay. Newport have got a lad from Liverpool. What do you mean loaned out? So what happens is Chelsea have 60 professionals on their books, right? Yeah. Only 11 can play. Yeah. Only 17 or 18 in the first team squad. There is an under-23 league, yeah. so they have a lot of players in the under-23s. Yeah. So if these players aren't getting a game, yeah. you get loaned ah. for a season or half a season to yeah. Newport or even Hungerford have okay. picked up a few players from Bristol Rovers and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's to develop them and give them first-team games. Okay, okay. So okay. we've got a lad from Liverpool who's 18. He's rubbish. Right. I'm gonna. I'm putting it out there. This Jake Kane or whatever. He's nowhere near our first team, and he's okay. on Liverpool's books. Okay, as yeah, a yeah, full yeah. professional. Right. So okay. the loan system is pretty prevalent in Britain. It's probably throughout this Europe. This has got Billy Bean Moneyball written all over it. All, the, it all this. Has. What you know? What What have they actually done? Go to the. Go back to the stats. Yeah, yeah. What? How fast can they run? How, yeah. how many people do they beat in a game? How many setups do they do? Don't go into this. This kid's got potential stuff. Yeah. Airy fairy. So back to my point because Premier League. Teams are carrying so many squad players, mm. and they'll get cheap imports from Brazil, from Albania, from Africa. The kids that are coming through will struggle to get in those Premier League first teams. Okay, it's just, that's fact of life. Yeah. So well, again, get, we're in the wrong segment. They aren't get we? they get loaned out, and if they prove themselves, they go back to their parent club. Mm. Or in the case of somebody like Ben White, who was on Brighton's books for a long time, just played for England recently. Yeah. He got loaned to Newport. Yeah. Two or three years ago, we were in League Two. The next season, he got loaned to Leeds, who were in the Championship at the time. Mm. Did very well. Went back to Brighton, played a season for Brighton in the Premier League. Then Arsenal bought him for fifty million. Right, okay. pounds. That's a good haul. So it's a development thing as well. So if you make it, you make it. Yeah. So you just get more and more minutes, and you know the good shine through, and they they get picked up. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, the percentage of youth players in the Liverpool system that will actually play for Liverpool first team is pretty limited. Right. Even if you're in that system. Even if you're in that system, yeah. Amazing. 
And what was happening years ago was your Man United, your Liverpools, your Man Cities, your Chelsea's, your Arsenal's were scouting the whole of Britain and they were picking up players that were 10, 11, 12 that were playing in local leagues. They had to change the rules. Mm -hmm. You're only allowed, and now I'm not sure, 40 miles within the club. You're only allowed to recruit from below 16 years old. Okay. That's to stop the big clubs grabbing all the young talent and not doing anything with it. I'm just struggling to concentrate now, Beef, because you said Facts of Life, and ever since you said that, I just keep hearing the Facts okay. of Life song in my well, let's But go. this has been a great educational moment for Roberto. I know, it's not funny, but these it's, things. Uh, it is true. <laughs> um, our other team, Miami Dolphins, is It's there. not funny, but it is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the new title. Yeah. Uh, Miami Dolphins, our other team, they're rubbish. They're gone. They got smashed by Tom Brady. Are you sure it's not just us? I'm pretty sure it is. If, 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 if we jump off them, though, are they going to start doing well? No. They're <laughs> awful. They're probably one of the worst teams I've seen. They got nothing. <laughs> Mind you, their star quarterback got injured. Anyway. Now, rugby. Let's chat rugby for a minute. Yep. How's this? Uruguay 34, USA 15. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, great one. So, Uruguay. Are in. Straight in the World Cup. Although they do get to play New Zealand, France, Italy, and probably Namibia. I mean, can't be worried about Italy. They'll probably beat them. They might do the way they're playing. But how's this? The other game, Chile 33, Canada 24. So they're out. Canada's gone. Wow, that's pretty awesome. For the first time. So the South America is stronger than North America. Damn right. <laughs> um, so Canada gone. They're not even in the rep. I thought they'd get in the repechage and get to yeah. play Ivory Coast and the, or Hong Kong or something. That's nah, a worry. All over for Canada because I, I know the game's very popular in Canada still. And and uh, do you know what's happened? I genuinely think what's happened mm. is they are probably concentrating a bit too much on sevens than fifteens. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's my yeah. personal thing. I've not yeah. really looked too much in depth. So I'm not sure when this is. But Chile get to play the USA, and if Chile, whoever wins that goes into England, Japan, Argentina, and Samoa's group. Okay. But uh, Canada, gone well, for the could, first they time. They can well do it. In the history, if they're playing like this, because I'm pretty sure last time Canada played USA, they beat them as well. Yeah. It was pretty close, but um, USA, the loser will go into a repechage group, so they do have a second chance at this, but I'm with you, mate. I think Chile might turn um, them over. Next, France, England, next, is it France next World Cup? Yes. Yeah. 2020, what are we up Three. to? Three. Three. Oh, that's not too far away. When, when were you going on about they got to have one in the US, or is it potentially on okay, the cards? that's for 2027. They haven't made a decision yet. It's not and confirmed. It, not confirmed. It is between Australia, the USA, and I can't remember who. There's another group in there. There's another, South Africa, possibly. I don't think it is South Africa. Anyway. Uh, if it's in the US, I'm going to try and go. It's got to be in the US. It is going to be huge. And that would be The momentum awesome. is, is there. It shouldn't be in Australia. Not 2027. Well, was only, I mean, I guess they didn't have any games last time when it was in New Zealand. That's why. Yeah, well, they had it in 2003 03. by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did too. Anyway, I would love to see it go to the States as well. It'll be, it'll be brilliant. They'd love it. Mm. They would absolutely love it. Here's some other scores from International Rugby on the weekend. Turkey 12, Andorra 22. That brought in the big crowds. That's yeah. in uh, Rugby Europe Conference Aye. 2 South. Here's a grudge match. Ukraine 24, Poland 27. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a grudge match. It was. The Ukraine neighbors. and Poland, yeah. Yeah. And then... Do, um, I don't know if they train at Chernobyl. Possibly. Keep on running. And then Denmark managed to knock over Finland 29-19. 29-9 Denmark v Finland. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would have picked them. Yeah. Yeah. There was a women's international as well on the weekend. Tunisia beat Senegal 14-3. <laughs> Rugby, Rob. It just keeps... Unbelievable. There's games going on all the time. It's global sport. It is a global sport. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit disappointed to hear that you're saying that the Canadians are too focused on sevens. 
Because everyone's so obsessed. Well, this because the Seventh Circuit would be a lot of fun. Well, but not, there is a Seventh Circuit at the minute. Right, they played two events in Canada over the past three weeks, I think. But that's the only danger of this Olympics thing, right? Because the minnows who could have developed more quickly into good 15-a-side sides. Well, now concentrate on seven. Oh, I've, yeah. I said that, in fact, if you, you remember. Is it I on said, one of our shows somewhere? I said that when we were in Dubai at the sevens <laughs> when I did that. I did that spot for Dubai Radio, live at the Sevens. Common sense is the foundation. Foundation of my DNA, yeah, Rob. Yeah. You should know this. But I did yeah. say that. I said it. Sevens developed. I don't doubt you said it. There's no way I could have come up with that first. But it does open up the door to rugby in certain countries that can't get 15s. All the coaches, all the facilities. Yeah. They get to play sevens because it's sevens you can adapt to naturally. Well, and use. But then I mean, talent. I guess, but possibly Chile and Uruguay are contrary to that. Uh, that yeah, kind yeah, of thought. yeah. And that could, could be purely because of the argy bargies have led the way. So because their neighbours sort of said, okay, well we oh, we can have a go at this. I think that's probably the case as well. I, I mean, think... obviously, it's never ever going to be as big as football is. Oh, of course not. But uh, there's room for it. The French. Is it true? I've heard. I've heard it say in France, it's almost fifty-fifty football and rugby. Do you reckon that's uh, bollocks? No, no, no. No, no. Yeah, so, maybe right. close at one point, but not anymore. Yeah, I think so, but yeah. fr- the French league's a bit weird, and the way it's the way it is. I, I, They've done well at football always... World Cups. French. Oh, they won it. Yeah, twice. Twice. That's that's that surprised me. And it also, rugby union's a bit of an elitist sport. There, right? It's Didn't got money. That. The French top fourteen league is where everyone goes because they get paid big notes. Okay, but popularity wise, I don't think it's. They hardly ever sell out their French internationals, which is a bit yeah. weird. They play them at weird times as well. By the way, it's yeah. uh, it's not just down to that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, funny and. Uh, I haven't actually got this noted down, but in rugby league, Les Catalan, they, the Les Catalan Dragons, they got to the final of the Super League final. I think they lost on the weekend in the final. Grand Super final. League? Yeah, is the it, Rugby League, Super League. Is that what it's called in Britain? Yeah. Sorry, I was just going back to the old Australian yes. Super League yeah, yeah. from the awesome. mid late 90s. Yeah, with the uh, Adelaide, Adelaide Rams. Rams and the Western Reds. And uh, Hunter the, Mariners. The State of Origin v New Zealand Tri-Series. I, was at the, I went to the final. That, that actually would have been... F- it was. Uh, pretty good. Anyway, so the Super League in Britain, Les Catalans, a French team, got to the final. And just this weekend, I'm going to struggle to remember who was in it. But anyway, a French team won the playoff final against Featherstone to get promoted to the Super League. So they're going to have two teams in the Super League from next season. And does the Super League include like all those Northern England teams? Yeah. Wigan and all that. Wigan. And St. Helens. St. Helens. Castleford. Leeds. Ah, Leeds Rhinos. But in, in, Warrington in England, Wire. Rugby League is the lowest of the low, isn't it? It's, I'm not going to say that, Rob. <laughs> I, can't, I can't come on here and say it's the lowest of the low, but it's pretty northern. And really, I'm going to be honest, it's only played really in two counties, Yorkshire Lancashire. Okay. They used to have the London Broncos. Yeah. I think they still exist, but yeah. I don't think they're much cop. Well, that's the, the, the only reason that I know of most of these places in Northern England is because yeah. of rugby league. And because yeah, yeah. they used to, New Zealand players used to go like, when Vainga Tugamala went to Wigan. Wigan, yep. That was massive news. Oh, really? Because he was so loved in, as an all-black. But right. that was a still amateur back back then. Oh, rugby union, of course it was. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember he went there and he played, uh, I don't know, a handful of rugby league games or something. And I remember this... Uh, Big sort of pasty, pimply, pie-eating Yorkshire lad after the game. They're doing a sort of street talk and asking how they think Inga Tuigamala's going. And he says, he hasn't done much. <laughs> That's all, what he had to say. All oh, right. With his pint and his pie in his hand. Ah. Because yeah. the, old, the old story is about Jonathan Davis, same deal. Mm. Wigan, no, Witness, 
camped outside his house for months. Camped outside, li- literally? Literally, well, they were in a car nearly every day. Okay. And he got so But bored not a tent. Not, not, not a tent. They may have had a tent. I'm not sure. So it wasn't literally, was it? It may be. He should have said Nobody... li- they literally parked outside okay, his house. Okay, they literally parked outside his house every day. <laughs> they followed him around. I use the word camped as in they were there for a long time. Yeah, okay. But the, what you said wrong was literally. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I said I literally was right. The use of the verb camped was taken to... Uh, its use... literal sense, which would mean to have a <laughs> yes. tent and a fire and a pot and boiling water or something with some marshmallows on the side. Anyway. They, they so didn't do that. Jonathan Davis got to a point where... They asked him. If you just said they were camped outside, it would have been fine. But you said literally camped. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) it got to a point where they asked him, how much much do you want to sign for us? Mm. Here's a bit of paper. Write it down. And apparently Jonathan wrote down an extortionate figure. And they went, oh, all right then. And literally gave him the contract. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it was. uh, And that was it. Rumours were it was half a million quid. Okay. For him to sign. And he went. As soon as I said, oh, okay then, no worries, come and play. And the rest is history. <laughs> so um, that's how that was done. And but, then yeah. how long was he there before he went to Canary Bankstown? Bulldogs. Uh, not too long. He was Canary Bankstown 91, I think, so yeah. uh, two or three years. Yeah, okay. Mm, and then he went to the North Queens and Cowboys. Yeah. That was such a funny interview that we had for, for me because I knew who, who basically who he was and I could see his face, but I totally did not connect that he played for Canary Bankstown because they were the team that I supported before the right. Warriors started. Yeah, 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 And I even had an old Bulldogs jersey. Right. And then, I, of course, I remembered him because he was this explosive oh, fullback and winger that would pace into yeah. the back line, yeah. Jonathan Davis! What a player. Hey, bro, if we were on a desert island and there wasn't any grass... No grass? Would you eat me to survive? Oh, bro, who'd eat a cow? Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm Ronnie O'Sullivan, and this is 365 Days of Sport. If you hear this song, you know it won't be long till the game is up and you're out of the cup. Beefy and Rob, did it done? The FA Cup chimers, chimers, chimers. Oh my god! I cannot believe what part of you thought that was going to sound good. I thought it was hilarious. That was that I really is, did think it was hilarious. Uh, now I'm going to do a proper version of that just because I cannot hear that again. <laughs> That's so annoying. Anyway. Let's oh get into this. God. If you don't know, we are following. We've been following teams in the FA Cup mm. all through the qualifying rounds. We started yeah. with Merthyr Town. <laughs> yeah. They lost to Hamworth United, yeah. who went on to play Sirencester Town. They lost. Yeah, so, so we were supporting Hamworthy. Then. We were supporting Hamworthy. So yeah. obviously that moved on to Sirencester Town. They got drawn against Hungerford Town in the third qualifying round. Guess mm. what happened, Rob? Uh, they, they, uh, Hungerford got up. Hungerford got up. Yeah. So we've managed to convince the chairman. You don't get bigger than this, Rob. Oh, top of the heap. The chairman of Hungerford Town to have a chat to us about the big game this weekend, the FA Cup fourth qualifying round. Against Brothel? Against, not the Brothel, Rob. Bromley. <laughs> Bromley. Bromley. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, they do have a league game tonight. They're playing Braintree at home. So uh, it's great that Patrick Chambers, the chairman of Hungerford Town, can take a little bit of time out of his day. He's probably got to mark the pitch or something. All sorts. Getting ready for that league match. But mm-hmm. Patrick, thanks for joining us. We know we're the kiss of death, so we do appreciate you jumping on the line. Uh, no worries. It's good good to, good to chat to you guys. And uh, unfortunately, we do, we do have a groundsman, so the, the pitch is just fine. <laughs> good, good, good. Mate, well, it's a big game for you guys. You've only ever, I did look this up, you've only ever been to the first round proper once and that was way back in 1979 so saturday is a big day yeah 42 years mm. since uh, our small club made the first round um, it's 15 years since we've appeared at this level so you know even saturday's game against bromley you know it, it's a massive game for us there's some big prize money on offer and the magic of the fa cup you know um it's, it's the story of you know the upsets so yeah we'll be the underdogs this saturday whereas obviously we were fancied to beat Simon Sester and it was in driving rain. It was just evil conditions. You know, we got 1-0 up, then we saved a penalty, went straight up the other end, went 2-0 up, and I'm thinking, OK, we're, we're fine now. Then they pulled two goals back in sort of like four minutes, and then our, our super striker, Ryan Seeger, pops up. Oh, we had a man sent off as well. Mm. So we were down to 10 men, 2-2. I'm now praying for a replay. And 92nd minute, got a Ryan Seeger, pops up with a just an amazing finish and um, put us through, you know, to this Saturday. So it's what dreams are made of. Bromley are flying high in the division above us. They're in the playoff places. The gaffer and our scout, one of the coaches went to watch them the other night. You know, they're a very, very good side. So we've just got a dream, but we'll make it difficult. They won't fancy coming to ball pit lane. We've got slight slope on the pitch. You know, our hashtag is small but mighty. Let's hope it comes off Saturday. Yeah, well, I've been going with the hashtag join the crusade, to be honest. Uh, I've been liking that a bit. Well, uh... We do that as well. So <laughs> join the crusade is there, but small but mighty. You know, just for you guys, so you know a little bit more about us. This is our sixth season in the National League South. So we're literally just two divisions behind the Football League. We're the smallest postcode. We're the smallest budget. We have the smallest average crowd. And yet we're still there punching above our weight. So that we're, we're really proud of that. It gives other small clubs the opportunity to look at us and see our model. We don't overstretch ourselves, we don't overspend. We've got guys that are on a building site today, all working, all part-time. There's three teams in our division that spend half a million pound plus wow. and are full-time. We'll, we'll spend £135,000 it all up. Manager, coaches, physios, analysts, players, the lot, just to stay in the league. So tonight's a big game because we've got a couple of games in hand. Braintree Town are a little behind us, so we, we want to put three points on the board tonight, and then we can hopefully go into Saturday, enjoy ourselves, and, and see what we can do. Well, in regard to that sort of uh, description and dynamic about, about the club and the sort of numbers you're dealing with, I heard you on another pod describe your own elect as Hungerford chairman as like being in a beauty contest with no other contestants. <laughs> it was exactly that. It was exactly that. So, well, it, it seems it seems an eternity ago now. Mm-hmm. So, it, it was back in in March, April 2019 and I'd recently moved to the area and I kept saying to my wife, I'm a big Nottingham Forest fan, I'm Nottingham born and bred and I'm now down in Berkshire so it's, it's not practical to be able to go and watch Forest all the time and I kept saying, well, I might pop down and watch Hunger for Town and one thing led to another, didn't get round to it and then one morning I'm literally getting ready, my wife's on Facebook, she sees this message, chairman's leaving, secretary's leaving, treasurer's leaving, manager's probably leaving and she said sort of, you know, oh, you'd make a good chairman. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's a lot. I was only looking for a, you know, just go and watch a Now that there's no one else left in the world, you would be, I mean, what a compliment that is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, and, and actually my wife just won um, Volunteer of the Month for the National League and boy, does she deserve it. You know, she, she cooks for the food for the players, she orders all the kit, works with me on sponsorship, oh, donations. Gosh. She'd be in the snack shack every game doing burgers and oh, chips man. and, you know, it, it is full on. It's an all-consuming but, yeah, job. So, uh, do you have uh, do you have hunger for dreams at night, or possibly even nightmares? <laughs> I, I, I can get a little bit. You know, the night before a match, you know, you can get it. it it's funny. It's when you when you're a fan. So, like, I'm a massive fan of Nottingham Forest and have been since I was a, a young boy. And I was lucky enough to have a box there in the nineties and watch them in Europe. And it's different when you're the chairman. It mm. it just matters a bit more. <laughs> it, it, it's very difficult to put it into words. I, you know, I got involved. I met the committee and yeah, it was like being in a beauty contest with no other contestants and it was tough as well. We we were in a situation where there'd been a benefactor at the club for many years who had put in a lot of money and that's why we're at the level we're at. And they were trying to be something they couldn't be. So we had to just find a different model, be more realistic. We've got a new manager in who's absolutely fantastic. Um, and we've got some players that were playing a level or two below us who've stepped up to the plate and are here for the right reasons. We've got players in our division. We, well, we played against top of the league Dartford on Saturday. Their centre forward would be on as much money as half of our squad put together. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're up against. Mm-hmm. We talk about money very briefly. we we'll go back to the, I, I I did read a bit when when you took over there was a hole in the clubhouse roof the the club was leaking money they were overspending on players you just lost to Slough FC <laughs> Yeah, we had, but we haven't lost to them since. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Them every time and all. Yeah, the the money in the FA Cup or the prize money, I should say, in the FA Cup. You've already kind of pocketed, I think, nine thousand pound in prize money. Mm. If you win this game, there's yeah. another nine thousand three hundred seventy-five. I don't want to mention the three thousand one hundred twenty-five quid you get for losing, because that's not going to happen. Correct. And even then, if well, you get if you get to the we, first round, twenty-two thousand six hundred twenty-nine pound. Oh, well, then, then you you know the dream is if you get to the first round, we'd love it. We'd love a tasty home draw against someone like Swindon Town, Oxford United, oh, yeah. some something like that, somebody fairly local. So we'd be bursting at the seams. But so for the money to date, I mean, we're now we're in the right. So when I inherited the situation, we were spending one hundred and sixty-six thousand a year on manager, players, physios, etc. Last year, particularly with COVID, I slashed that to a hundred thousand, which turned out to be you know the right thing to do. We were in the playoffs when, unfortunately, the season was declared null and void. This season, we've upped that to about 135. We've got a bigger squad and what I'd call a deeper squad, whereas last year, perhaps the gaffer was picking sort of 11 from 12 players that he absolutely trusted. Now he's got 16, 17 players that he'd be happy to start any 11 of them. So we're we're definitely stronger, we're definitely deeper and we're in a good situation. We have got more fans, we've got a few more commercial partners, a bit more sponsorship. You know, we've been doing well and what we're doing with the prize money to date, we're going to have a digital scoreboard and this Mm. is for a club that hasn't even got a manual one. Right. So, uh, <laughs> Straight to the top. Yeah. Big, posh digital scoreboard coming in a few weeks' time nice. that will be sitting yeah. on top of the Snapchat. You'll see it from around the whole ground. But in the last three summers, we've put a brand new stand up, seven bays. The roof doesn't leak anymore. <laughs> brand new changing rooms, which we had to do to stay in the division. Otherwise, we'd have been kicked out. Sounds so, to me like you got a job yeah, there for a long, long time, time, Pat. I don't know. 
Well, <laughs> I, when I first took the role, I said I'll do three to five years. But the committee at the last one, I get voted, I got voted in again. Surprise, surprise! At the AGM, and they said because the last two seasons were cut short with COVID, they don't count. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. So they're saying this is my first season there. So <laughs> you having do- to steer us through COVID as well was, you know, what a time to get involved with a with a football club that was a struggling on the pitch and off it, you know. And then COVID actually saved us. If I'm brutally honest with you, we would have been relegated in that 1920 season if it had finished without a shadow of a doubt you know and you, you feel awful in a way that that was actually a silver lining for us as a club you know when people are around you are suddenly losing their jobs and losing their lives but it, it did actually give us a lifeline and we've made the best of it yeah I oh, know definitely the fact that the club survived through the Covid times and no fans and I think there's a bit of an issue I don't know whether it's been solved or not about grants slash loans from the FA or through government is uh, another issue but I mean, without that money, obviously, uh, I think a lot of grassroots clubs that have got under because with zero income, what can you do? Yeah, it, it was tough. And even starting last season was a bit of a leap of faith because we told we were going to get these grants, which we did get the first grant for the first three months from lottery funding. But we were under the impression that if we had to go into the next three months without fans, because uh, that's our only source of income, people coming through the gate, buying a pie and a pint. That's what non-league football is all about. And it's actually that we play at the highest level in England where you can actually be pitch side with a pie and a pint in your hand. Oh. You go up one division. No alcohol. Oh, outside. really? Have they moved? So have they is. changed that in the conference now, where uh, or the national league, where you can't have a pint at the next to the ground? Because I'm a Newport no. County fan, and uh, obviously I went through non-league with them having a beer at the side of the pitch. Yeah, yeah no, no. So, so national league, they're classed as step one, as in one step away yeah. from the football league. No alcohol allowed outside. Once oh. you get to step two, which is national league north and national league south, you are allowed alcohol oh. outside. Okay. Um, and great I times. quite like that. You know, yeah, I, great. I, I stand with the fine. I stand with the fans and have my my pint of pints. I'm a I'm a pint of pint man. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm not I'm not a champagne and caviar chairman. <laughs> I like being out there with with our, with our fans. So, yeah, we, we got into that second period of the three months. Actually got three, four weeks in, still expecting to get a grant. And then all of a sudden we were told, no, it's going to be a loan. Well, you know, how, how can any chairman really take a club forward and borrow money to finish a season and then not know how you're going to pay it back? I mean, it, it was ludicrous, but ultimately they decided to stop. But we were sat in the playoffs, which, you know, was unbelievable. But that, that won't go down in the history books because obviously it's null and void. So we've got to do it all again. Pat, I want to ask you, you talked about your squad a little bit earlier. One name stands out for me in your squad at the minute. Prince Henry. (laughs) Prince Henry. He's on loan from okay. Bristol City. We, we ah. played Bristol City under-23s in a friendly, and they were quite impressed with our setup, like the gaffer, what we do. Even though we're a small club with a small budget, you know, we do have an analyst. You know, We have got the player tech, Catapult, you might know it as. So we get all the stats, all the data. We've got the VO, we've got the stats. So we, we, we look after our players. We, we can't and don't pay them a lot of money, but we, we feed them well. They get the best kit. They're trained well. We give good feedback to any parent club if we've got a player on loan so young prince played in a friendly a few weeks ago for us but he's very young he's probably one for the future so you know you won't see him featuring tonight or really on, on Saturday in the fa cup but i'm sure that there will be a time where the gaffer will give him a few minutes because it's good for him to play man's football you know it's all right being in an under 21s or an under 23s it's it's not that competitive there's nothing like like you know we've got keith emerson an army fitness trainer 38 a 19-year-old 
playing against him, they're going to learn about life in football very, very quickly. I just wondered, I thought, when I saw the squad and I saw Prince Henry, I, I'll be honest, I thought it was a bit of a piss take considering Downton Abbey is just down the road from Hungerford. I thought, oh, how yeah. good's this? It's like Ed Sheeran being on the Ipswich, yeah. uh, Ipswich's roster at the minute. But uh, yeah, Prince Henry, That's but right. it's, he's a genuine player. He's a genuine player. He's a smashing lad. Um, he's been trained with his, you know, I think, you know, Bristol City are probably a little bit frustrated that he's not had any game, game time. But, you know, obviously the, the gaffer will never be put under pressure to play a, a lad on loan unless he thinks that he's going to add something to the starting 11. In. So he, we're set up very hard to beat. We work incredibly hard. The big clubs don't really like playing against us. We do tend to give one or two of them a bloody nose like we did away at Dorking. We beat them 2-1. You know, they'd be one of the big clubs going for promotion. So, yeah, nobody will fancy coming to us being drawn at home three rounds running in the FA Cup. You know, the FA gods have been shining brightly on us so far, so we can just we can just hope that uh, that happens again on Saturday. But tonight, it's all about three points. Now, Patrick, this is a kind of a world first for us. No joke, we've had a text in. Now, they want to know, I'm not sure who it is, do you watch Ted Lasso and does it reflect the reality of running a football club? I don't watch Ted Lasso, <laughs> so I'm unfortunately... I'm flattered that somebody's bothered to send a text in, but I can't so answer because I don't even know what they're talking about. All right, okay. Uh, I've heard of this. No, I've heard of this show. Ted Lasso, I love it. It's brilliant. Okay. It is very, very good. I think the second series has gone into a bit of the kind of uh, outer reality of the football world, right, okay. but it's a bit... Uh, no, it's a great... You'd love it, Rob. Yeah. You'd love it. I think you would as well, Patrick, to be completely honest. Well, well Patrick, I, I, this is very important. I, did I hear off here that you're interested in the horses? Yeah, well, okay. we, I was just saying to you before, we, I mean, uh, you guys are in Melbourne. Yeah. We've been to Melbourne a few times. In yeah. fact, we were planning to come and move to Melbourne around the year 2000, 2001. Oh, we, had a, okay. we had a runner in the um, Melbourne Cup who was actually fancy at the time. What was his name? It was called Far Cry. It was leased by the guys with me. It ran in joint names by Kevin, who ended up winning it with American. Oh. Right. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. We made a few friends in 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 Melbourne. Absolutely love this, love the place. Had some great times there. Yeah. Hey, so, are you aware that the Everest is on this Saturday? The sprint race they have down here. Obviously, the Melbourne Cup was the one that yeah, sure. you know touched out. It's nine to sprint so, racing, Rob. Yeah, but this is now the richest race in the world, the Everest. <laughs> so it's 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 like nine million to the winner or something like that. It's more than the Melbourne Cup. Wow, it's only five years wow. old this race, but it's also oh, this is sorry, this is its fifth year. So I've got two horses for you. One's called Gitra and the Ruffy uh-huh. the Inferno. Uh, those are my tips. So just uh, write first. those down uh, and, and get, uh, I'll tell you, get your club analyst thinking. onto it as well. Your football analyst. He's got better things to do on Saturday, Rob. We got an FA Cup to deal with. Listen, guys, this is real life work. I've just got to take this call, guys. Have a little chat amongst yourselves. One sec. <laughs> we love it. It's real. Reality. How's that, Rob? We get a text message in. This must be some kind of uh, a trick that, that someone's actually listening. It's I don't a know. First Maybe it's someone from the club. Yeah, it probably yeah. is someone from the club. It's probably someone in Hungerford. Are you back, Pat? We- that was the day job. Apologies for that. Yeah, don't worry about that. It's a uh, you know you only got to save the world, including Hungerford. It's uh, we 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 mentioned. Dandon Abbey just up the road, Highclere House. Have it you is. thought about bringing in Hugh Bonneville as a special envoy? In Australia, they call it the number one ticket holder. Celebrity chime. Celebrity, yeah, celebrity chime, like mm. us. He, he'd be great, wouldn't he? But um, I've no idea whether he's got any interest in football. And if he has, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing it would be more likely to be at a premiership yeah. level than at our levels. I'm sure Dame Maggie Smith would join you for a pie and a pint on the, on the fence. 
She'd enjoy it, wouldn't she? She'd love she it. She'd enjoy it. We'd love to have her there. Absolutely. <laughs> My wife would love that. She'd love to flip a burger for Maggie Smith. <laughs> wouldn't we all? I mean, Saturday is going to come pretty quickly. I know you've got a league game tonight. Is Hungerford going all out cup crazy? Is the cup fever striking the town? I, I think with the fans, you know, and there's a lot of chat on our social media, you know, there's a big buzz, there's a lot of excitement. You know, Bromley, it's a home match. They normally get around 2,000. Uh, our average crowd's sort of around 350. So I think they'll probably bring around 300 with them. So we should be having a crowd of 600 plus on Saturday, which that's, that's a big, big, crowd for us fantastic atmosphere mm. there'll be no segregation so Bromley fans will be shoulder to shoulder with Hunger fans they'll probably right. congregate you know behind the goal there attacking that's what tends to happen our level because you can move around you're not stuck in mm. one seat so you'll tend to get away fans will always try and stand behind the goal they're attacking and they'll they'll change at half time which just adds to the fun yeah, um, so no we're looking forward to the atmosphere and I know I mean Danny Robinson has won the Vars at, at Wembley before when he, when he was managing Thatcham at step five and he got promoted that that season so he knows how to win cup games but listen it'll be it'll be a giant killing if we can do it they've made the first round the last five seasons on the bounce but then that run, that run's got to finish one day hasn't it definitely has and also we need you to break our run being the, the kiss of death <laughs> Because somebody's got to do it. We don't want to follow yeah. Bromley in the first round. Come on, we want to. We were, no. we're getting on the bloody Hungerford train. Absolutely. No, listen, all records are there to be broken, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Never be worried about a record. But I, I, I'm pretty confident. I think get three points tonight. The gaffer then will be in great spirits. I think he'll go into Saturday and he'll give it a proper, proper go. We won't just sit back and see if we can stay in the game because what's the point of having a replay at Bromley? If we're going to beat them, we need to beat them a ball. Yeah, exactly. Now, we asked Hamworthy about the quality of pies that they serve. Little home brand, we were told. Hamworthy, that's out the window for me. I'm hoping that Hungerford are pucker pies through and through. No, 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 no. We're better than that. Ooh, we ooh. have our own local butchers called oh, Christian Albert, yep. who does a special steak and ale pile. Mm-hmm, pie mm-hmm. Now you're talking. For us. Yeah. And we have been rated as one of the greatest pies in non-league wow. football. Wow. That's... And we, we get ground hoppers come to every game to try a pie. Yeah. Or our burgers, which are the gourmet burgers we do, six ounce in a brioche bun. Oh. Um, and they're rated incredibly highly. Beefy, you should have led with this. This is I didn't know at the time, Rob. Sorry, man. I was just finding it out now. It's worth it. Listen, if you could get a late flight from Melbourne, it'd be worth it just for the pie. That's how good it is. (laughs) The two weeks quarantine I'd probably struggle with at the minute, but uh, we'll be okay. But we could send you some some complimentary pies while you were in quarantine. Well, you're not too far from here. Send to Melbourne in the mail. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Ah, I'll tell you Ah. what jogged my memory, Rob. You mentioned Slough Town, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The office. 1979, Hungerford made their only first round appearance in the FA Cup. Guess who they played? Slough Town! Unbelievable. We did. Now, long time before my time. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. What started this whole FA Cup journey for us is we interviewed Johnny Owen. Now, you've brought up that you're a massive Nottingham Forest fan. And obviously, Johnny Owen produced I Believe in Miracles and is now on the board of Nottingham Forest. Yeah, he's a key key person involved with Nottingham Forest. And I was lucky enough to be born. I was born in 1960. So, you know, I was 17 when we won the league, 18 first European Cup, 19 second European Cup. So I, I saw things that 
probably no other Forest fan Sandy will ever see. Got to know some, some of the great players of the 80s and 90s. In fact, Mark Crossley, the goalkeeper of the late 80s and 90s, he's our guest speaker at our Sporting Supper right. in November. And he famously is the only goalkeeper in history to save a Matt Letizia penalty. He saved a Gary Lineker penalty against Spurs in the FA Cup final as well in 1991. So uh, he's, a, he's a friend of mine, so it'd be great to have a catch up with him. And he, he's still very involved with Nottingham Forest. I still speak to some of the old players, David Johnson's a pal of mine whose son is in the first team now with young Brennan and he's uh, he's looking a hell of a player and he used to come to our house for barbecues when we had a place in Spain when he was a five, six year old little boy. Big shout out to Big Norms as well. He's doing charity walks all around Britain at the moment if you uh, want to follow the journeys of Mark Crossley. Now, yeah, we yeah. have to wish you the best of luck for Saturday. All of Australia is on Hungerford Town's <laughs> side. I've just noticed as well, in the top 12 things to do in Hungerford, number six is Hungerford Town Football Club. So, okay. It's in the top half, Rob. It's in the top half. And don't forget, in, in brackets, the pies. And or burgers. And or burgers. So, Patrick, we do thank you for taking time out of your day and pushing the Hungerford steam train. So we're going to call it the steam train through the cup. And let's hope in a couple of weeks' time we will still be talking to you. I, I really do. That would be great. Uh, it would be awesome. That would like, be great. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get the gaffer on to say a few words for you as well if that okay. happens. How about that? That would be That's awesome. Good. That would be very, very good. We've got to wish you the best of luck for tonight because we know you're down the bottom of the table. You need desperately need three points. So that will get you up there and firing for the weekend. So we are with you yeah. on Saturday. It is a 1 a.m. kickoff in Melbourne on Saturday night. It is Hungerford Town taking on Bromley in the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup for a spot in the big time, Rob. In the big time. I'm fired up. Thanks, Patrick. Let's hope we're talking okay, to you next week. You hey, did you hear about Kevin? No. He's in Australia too. Spreading himself a bit thin. Yeah. Everyone wants a slice of Kevin. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Links. Beef up your snack life. Hey, I'm John T. Rhodes and you are listening to 365 Days of Sport. Ah, oh, Jonty. He's uh, I'm not. Uh, I don't know. He's coaching the IPL at the minute. Isn't, is he still off coaching Sweden? Or he's still, well, that's his part-time gig, Rob. Yeah, but he's in the IPL at the minute. He's... What's the story with this old David Warner fallout over there? With um, w- weirdly enough, with Trevor Bayliss, who's an Australian. Oh, is that right? Mm. He's coaching the team. He is. Right. Remember I did that uh, top 10 worst dates ah, ever? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this got sent to me yeah. by our, you know, our masses of fans. Yeah. Rob. This is a, a lady, I'm going to call her a lady, describing her worst ever first date. Okay. Before I met my smoke show of a husband, I was on dating apps, as you do. This man messages me out of the blue and he goes, I like your face. Let's go get some food. Um, I love food. Are you my soulmate? He says, meet me at my house. I will drive us to the restaurant together. Why did we not just meet there? I have no idea. I drive 45 minutes to his house. He's standing outside of it. He walks up to my car and he goes, I've lost my keys. Can you drive us there? Should I have just left him right there and gone home? Yes. Did I? Absolutely not. He gets in, starts giving me turn-by-turn directions. He could have been leading me to an abandoned warehouse and he still would have been like, left at this stop sign. We end up at a Taco Bell, which is fine. I'm like, dine-in or drive-thru? And he's like, drive-thru. And I'm like, great, he has a plan. We get to the speaker, and he just leans over and goes, I would like 100 hard-shell tacos, thank you. We get to the window. He does one of these numbers. And I'm like, did you forget your wallet? He's like, yeah. I was like, do you need me to pay? He's like, yeah. I buy the 100 tacos, and I'm like, where to next? And he goes back to my house. And I was like, okay, this is happening. I'm just, I'm committed to this now. It's happening. We get to his house, we walk in, his dad is on the couch. I'm like, he lives with his dad, it's fine. The hoops I am teleporting through. 
to convince myself that this decision that I have made is okay is just wild. Walk past his dad into the kitchen. He just starts emptying the boxes of tacos, just releasing them onto the table, puts two chairs at the table, sits down, and he just screams at the top of his lungs, let's feast. I am just calmly unwrapping my taco and taking a bite of it. We are eating hard shell tacos in complete silence. You can hear both of us chewing. It's absolute chaos. The dad walks up, grabs a taco. There's a hundred of them. We have so many to spare. He's eating over us, just like standing, doesn't sit, stands right next to the table, crunches, mouthful. He just looks at me and he goes, do you want to see my studio? And I was like, I have never wanted to see anything less in my entire life. It was that moment that I decided this date was completely over or else I was going to be killed 100%. I am now just like collecting the tacos because I paid for them. I walk out with boxes of tacos in my purse. I look back and I was like, thank you for this experience. You will never hear from me again. <laughs> uh, Apparently they were $1.49 each. Okay, well, there's that. $149. Dollars. But, but how does that happen? Yeah. There's many times to not do that, uh, especially after such a, a couple of messages. And I wonder what this guy's profile was like. Yeah. There must have been something convincing about it. I think so. She's called Elise Myers, is okay. uh, the girl that was telling that story. Right. And what's her story? What, I don't know. You don't know I who she no is? no idea. You just got sent some audio, or is that a video um, clip? I think it came up as um, worst first dates. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll have a look at this, and bang. Yeah, that quite is a funny story. Br- I think she was right to leave, you know, in terms of. Uh, not being murdered. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, great story coming out of Georgia Southern University. College football player suspended for chugging beer on the top of a moving bus just before the game. Before the game? Just before the game. Interesting. George- I, I, I mean, I could have seen this happening after the game, but, yeah. but on the way to... He was, a, he was a playing in the game. On the way to the game. This is a football team? American, uh, American football, football team. team. Georgia Southern defensive tackle Gavin Adcock has been suspended by the team indefinitely after he was caught on video surfing on top of the team bus and chugging a beer thrown to him on the way to the game. Adcock, whose team photo looked exactly like someone who would chug a beer on top of a moving bus, Mm. was getting ready for a game against Louisiana on Sunday when he thought it would be a good idea to climb on top of a moving bus. Showing peerless judgment, he then caught a beer from a fan and then downed it to cheers from the crowd. <laughs> Georgia Southern, can you believe this, went on to lose 28-20, and then the team's head coach got fired straight after the game. For playing the guy? I don't think they're going that well. Oh, so so was the coach sort of not really apprehending the behaviour? I'm not sure, Rob. It's not in the story. All right. Um, Possibly. I don't know whether they found out that Gavin Adcock... Is this sort of college? F- f- yeah, this is college. Yeah. yeah. Georgia Southern Division 1. If they're playing well, Louisiana, I, I don't yeah. Know. I kind of like this guy. If he's, I mean, he's on the way to game. I mean, I've, yeah. I've seen people try and do the... Um, yeah, uh, my, my brother's friend. Well, he, Did I a bit I of bus surfing. Not a bus surfing, but, but he was... Um, well baked on on the on the way to the well game, well baked, and was not doing he... good. And he decided to try and do the beer chug before the game, before the uh, rugby game. This is where this is the Boston's where they had Max Boston right, the, the pig, uh, the pig, yeah. And uh, <laughs> the recollection is that he was he's a tall, lanky guy, and he got kicked the ball, and he caught it straight off the, off the kick kickoff, and he's like, "Right, come on, you!" Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah you, probably, you can figure out the next word was yelled it real loud, and went steaming, with getting the knees up to go st- st- pile into the defenders got 
absolutely smashed, piled over. They stole the ball off him, ran the length of the field and scored a try under the post. <laughs> and then apparently as the, as the kicker was about to just take his place, get the look back and he was still, his friend back on halfway, vomiting on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. I remember playing cricket. We used to do a lot of late night Saturdays, play early Sundays. Yeah. And I remember going a bit hard on a Saturday night, losing the toss, mm. having a bowl, and, oh, Beefy, you can, you can open the bowling, and vomiting after one ball. Oh. But after that, though, you're yeah. right. Yeah, Get are you came right after that? Yeah, fine. Okay. Probably took eight for 20, probably. I have no idea. Bounce back. Uh, the, uh, the last paragraph in this story. Chugging a beer in your college jersey is a bold decision. Doing it before the game is a foolish choice. Doing all of this on top of a moving bus is mind-boggling. College is all about learning. Most of the time it's in the classroom, but sometimes we all need a reminder that drinking on top of a moving bus is probably a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But it's good to, I just love uh, people that have a whole different set of rules. Yeah. I enjoy that sort of maverick attitude. I appreciate it. Team Wolf. That was the one, wasn't it? Teen Wolf. He Didn't he used to do a bit of uh, bus surfing? Well, well once, he, surfing? once he turned into a wolf, he did, yeah. I mean, okay. it, it, that sort of film was about him learning to, to be a bus surfing guy as himself, yeah. not as a wolf. Not as a wolf. You know? Oh, okay. Sweet. I want a keg of beer. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I think we should do this quickly. I don't want to offend uh, anyone from Hungerford because they got the best pies. Gourmet steak pie, Rob. Mm. Anyway, Aldi's new vegan bacon sparks outrage as shoppers demand they change the name. The supermarket Why giant. Why they not, they not have about the vegan or the bacon? Probably the bacon. The supermarket giant had shoppers foaming at the mouth, Rob, after it released a new vegan bacon, as people weren't happy that it was named after the meat product. Aldi has launched vegan bacon. Shoppers are furious, demanding they change the name of the product. People really aren't happy that Aldi has named their new vegan product bacon, saying they didn't understand why it was named after the meat. After sharing news of the item's launch on Facebook, angry customers were soon commenting in their thousands, Rob. Many people commented on the post with one man saying he found it infuriating, asking why Aldi stuck with the trend of making plant-based products that resemble their meat counterparts. Aldi shared the vegan bacon product, writing, Who said vegan needed to be boring? Not us. In store now. The post included a picture of the item, and it really does look like bacon, although a slightly two-dimensional version. Mm. One furious shopper wrote, Call it something else! Bacon is a cut of meat! Simples! Impossible! Bacon is meat! Rename it. A third critic busted, I'm getting pissed off with this now! You don't want to eat meat, so why the hell would you want to eat a product that resembles meat? Bacon is bacon, which is meat! This isn't, so don't call it bacon! <laughs> However, not everyone was quite so offended by the product. I envy the people whose biggest worry in life is what Aldi is calling their fake bacon. Mm. Another agreed, for those complaining about it being called bacon because you want it described accurately, maybe the meat version should be called sliced pig back or pig side. You know, for the sake of accuracy and all that. I'm not a vegan or vegetarian at all, but I really love meat and dairy products. But I don't get why people are so annoyed by stuff like this. I think it's great having a wide range of food options for vegan and veggies. Sometimes I try them myself just for a change. Mm. 
I don't think I have any thoughts on the matter whatsoever. I couldn't care less about any of that. I'm with you, Rob. Um, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's bad. I just think it doesn't matter. It's nothingness. Well, I certainly wouldn't get mental about it. I am intrigued to know what it's made of. We don't know that. It's lentils, Rob. The world is lentils and soy nowadays. Um, What was the bacon we had in uh, Dubai? That was turkey bacon, wasn't it? Or something something weird? Could have been, yeah. I think it was. But I tell you what, you did what? a great job of sounding. Um, yeah, there, there was no bacon there. Well done, definitely. Because I remember I went to, we went to Burger King and, and I, I wanted a, I wanted I wanted, I wanted a bacon burger <laughs> and I think I ordered it and it was this slightly no. it was quite different. It wasn't what I expect to be. Never mind. I'm almost on the. Oh, I don't know if I'm on anyone's team or whatever. Do they need to say if it's called vegan bacon? You know, it's not going to be pig bacon, <laughs> real bacon. That's yeah, right. it's, that's pretty clear to me. Well, I just think they should call it fake and bacon and just be done with it. And <laughs> everyone knows. Good. Yeah. Hey, this is Toddy Goldsmith, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. Oh, that music can only mean one thing. Time for sporting. Time for Rob to win again. Did I, did I come off a win last week? I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah. It's a quiz, people. Sports trivia. We ask each other sports trivia questions. Best of five penalty shootout style. There's no theme for me this week. Whatever. I got a couple of rounds, but then three cricket in a row. All righty. All right. We're going to start off with a bit of rugby for you, Rob. Yep. Which is the only South African team to win a Super Rugby Championship? They won it three times. Can I just ask this? Is yes. this when because they changed? It used to they changed from being like um, Northern, Northern Transvaal, Northern Transvaal and, and Natal and, and all that stuff. Orange Free State. Yeah, and they changed to no, being like the so, Sharks. Yeah, those those guys. See, this is the problem. I can't even probably name the <laughs> franchises anymore. That's that's how little I know what's going yeah. on. I'm pretty sure they beat the Blues in a couple um, of finals as well. I'm just going to say because I can't think of any teams that what used to be Natal, which is the Sharks. It was the Blue Bulls or the Bulls from Pretoria. Oh, who were Northern Transvaal. They were Northern Transvaal. You're yeah, right, Rob, right. actually. Okay. So they're the st- Yeah, because I actually think I recall them beating the Blues in South Africa. We were in the final. We lost ah, to them over there. Okay. To my memory, that was that's a long time ago. The Stormers. That would have been the late, late, mid, late 90s. Bulls, Lions. We've had the Kings over there. Yeah, anyway, carry on. Okay, that's what happens if you don't watch Super Rugby for 15 years. Yeah. Mm, eventually, uh, you just don't know what the hell's going on. You've got to go and watch the Rebels, Rob. What is the connection between volleyball, squash, and badminton? Uh, and the clue is, this connection is not shared with tennis or table tennis. Because it's... Uh, they've changed the rules. I think it's you can only score points on your own service. That's true. That's the correct answer. Yeah, it's not true anymore. Is it not true anymore? Not in squash, no. You can score any time? Yeah. Change oh, the rules to make gosh. it quicker. That's a, that's All right, one nil. How recently? 15 years, Rob. Rubbish. I'm not sure. Three months that. ago. What were the three spots? Volleyball? Volleyball, squash, and badminton. Ah, oh, badminton. I think badminton's still the same. I'm not sure about volleyball <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, anyway, definitely yeah. volleyball. That's always been the rule. It ages, doesn't it? If you don't get this, you need to turn in your betting wallet. Name the two horse racing tracks in Brisbane. Doing Ben and Eagle Farm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good, thanks for that one, Beef. Appreciate that. Yeah, I think I've given you a similar one here. What is the highest possible break in snooker? That answer's probably 147. Nah. But it's not. It is actually 155. That's what I got. Okay. Okay. It is a, it's an interesting one. The normal 15 reds, 15 blacks, and all the colours is 147. But yeah. if you foul and you get a free ball, 
you can pot a color instead of a red, which gives you a point, and you haven't taken off any of the reds, then pot another black. Right. So you get eight points on top of your 147. So that's, so that's the, it's if you foul. If the other person other fouls. Person does. And oh, well, that's a bit weird. Cause it is, is that... the maximum possible break. Though. Okay, right. So I'd give both. 2-1, 2-1. Two one, two yep. one. All righty. Here's an interesting one. You, uh, what is the only men's individual track event that an American holds the world record for? Just the event. I don't want you to name the person. What is the only world record held by an American for track? Uh, men's 400 meters. No. I knew you were going to go for that. It's a bit of a trick question. It's not actually, but... Do you know who the world 400 meter record holder is at the minute? Well, I, was, I thought it was Michael Johnson. No. Wade Van Niekirk. Safe effort car. What? Yeah, Wade Van Niekirk beat Johnson's world record. A year ago? He did 43.04 or something ridiculous. Um, well then, I don't think it'll be a hurdler. How is this? Is it men's or women's? I did say men's. It's not the two. It's not the one hundred, two hundred. So it's not the four hundred. Apparently, I don't know who's got the eight hundred or the fifteen. Or well, definitely wouldn't be fifteen because you start getting out to all the Africans once you start getting to fifteen hundred meters. So that would mean it's probably hurdlers. So I can't mean it's a hundred meters. Isn't that Chinese guy got it? Well, I mean I've already lost anyway. So yeah. I said it wrong. Is it the four hundred meter hurdles? No, that's a Norwegian. He did it at the Olympics. It is uh, the hundred and ten meter hurdles. Aries Merritt run twelve eight. I thought, I, in my mind, is that Chinese guy. Possibly. I know the guy you're talking about. He's under a drug cloud, I think. Is he? Yeah, I think he is. Um, oh. Yeah. I'm gonna so t- it's still 2-1. Wade Van Niekirk, the 400-meter world record holder, yeah. he's run sub-1000, sub-2200, and sub-44-400. Only, only man on the planet to do that. That sounds pretty good. It's pretty good beef. Yep. Um, he's white, isn't he? Cape coloured, I think he is. Okay. Simply, which county did Sunil Gavaskar play for? That's a good question, man. Didn't really follow county cricket in the 70s. So I'm going to guess... in the 80s as well. Uh, I'm going to say someone boring like Lancashire. Somerset. Really? Yeah. He, thought he was one before Viv. He was... Uh, no, it would have been after Viv. Sunil Gavaskar? Yeah. No, nah, before Viv, surely. Well, well, it's, it did say that... It, the, uh, that's why I didn't say what... Because the, when the question's written, where I came across it, like this player, this player, Viv Richards, oh. Sunil Gavaskar also played for this county or okay. something. So I thought, like, well, that's going to make it too easy for the Perhaps he beef. played when the West Indies were touring England, so Viv and um, Joel Garner didn't play. So they got in a sub for that year. Interesting. Don't know. Check, check it out when, he's, when he plays. Funk's old brother. All, All right. right, I'm still in it. 2-1. Two, 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 one. Okay, you're going to love this, Rob. Okay. Only one player called Dean has played test cricket for New Zealand. Who is he? Called Dean. <laughs> and it's not Only something Dean, it's Dean something. Dean something. I don't know if there is someone, somebody, Ray Dean or something, no. Dean Roberts, Dean. Who the hell is this going to be? I'll give you a clue, in the last 20 years, so you should know him. Yeah. Is he going to ask how many tests he played? 14. So it's not unknown. Oh, it's not unknown. Dean, who the hell would this be? <laughs> Oh, it's right there now. <laughs> there was a guy. I'm sure he batted about number six. I, I can't remember his name, Beefy. I, I think I'm sure I'm thinking of the right guy. Oh, I can, he's right there. I think he even bats left-handed. <laughs> I can't remember. It's too long. Dean Brown. 
Brownlee. Dean Brownlee. Dean Brownlee. There it is. Do you know what the irony is as well? What? He's the only Dean to play for New Zealand. He was Australian. <laughs> oh, jeez. He was from Perth, that. apparently. And is he left-handed bat and I'm came in sure. at number six? Uh, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 2011 to 2013, 14 yeah, tests. sounds about right. He may have opened, actually. He may have been part of that He got 77 stint. against Australia. I know that. Yeah, because I think they quite liked him. Because he did, he did that against them. Australia, only likes, if you perform against Australia, they love you. Oh, that's probably screwed me now. 2 1. Oh, at what other sport did cricketer WG grace Captain England? Oh, yes. Got him. Got him thinking. Captain ding, England. Ding, 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 ding. Dean Brownlee. Now it's so. <laughs> it's right there now. I don't know. He was a doctor. Croquet. Oh, right, right area. Lawn bowls. All right, this is to stay in the match. You're still in the mix, Rob. 2-1 it is. Come on, Roberto. Which motor racing driver stars as an animated version of himself in Disney's Cars 2? Oh, what? Can you say that one more time? Which motor racing driver stars as an animated version of himself in Disney's Cars 2? I've kind of seen Cars. No, this is Cars 2, Rob. I mean, I really have no idea. I'm going to say Mario Andretti. (laughs) bit closer to home unfortunately it's lewis hamilton really just simple as that simple as that boring must be a boring film oh i lost you did lose how many inches from the ground are the bales of a wicket how many inches Mm -hmm. you're a brit you're allowed to get have the imperial system i'm gonna say 36 28 is it 28 inches two foot four inches that is okay doesn't seem very high does it no thought it'd be at least three foot <laughs> I thought you'd know that, like, oh, you I thought you'd either rattle off or because you know what the pitch is in both, don't you? Yeah, like, yards tw- and meters. Well, 22 yards or 20.12. Yeah, yeah, right. So now you should probably learn that in centimeters. 24, as well. 28 inches. 28 inches. Times by 2.54. That gives you what it is in centimeters. Well, well. Anyway. Oh, well, I lost. Bloody Dean Brownlee. Just been just long. He, yeah, he wasn't in the team for long enough. 14 tests. And I can even hear, like, Ian Chappell saying his name now (laughs) in the commentary. Um, Our mate Nick Kyrgios is in the news. Yep. Uh, Nick Kyrgios' estranged girlfriend makes bombshell new allegations about tennis star after police were forced to separate the pair whilst they're in quarantine. Hang on, his, his current fling is, is accusing him of this and that. Yeah. Is that right? Kiara Passari. This is a cash grab. Possibly. Massive cash grab. Kiara Passari and Kyrgios were forced into separate hotel rooms. Apparently, quarantining in Adelaide mm. had a bit of an argument, and the police had to come and move her out into another room. Yeah. Passari posted a series of allegations about Kyrgios on her Instagram. Well, surprise. Uh, and the pair were caught in a heated exchange on Thursday with police intervening. But here's another twist. She then shared a photo of another girl allegedly wearing his T-shirt. Mm. Right, well. The yeah. latest drama for the pair on Thursday night were forced into separate hotel quarantine rooms in Adelaide. Police were forced to intervene after the tennis bad boy and Passari were caught in a fiery altercation whilst isolating at the hotel this week. Just a verbal uh, exchange. Yeah, I don't think there's any yeah, uh, yeah. of that uh, yeah. even alleged, Rob. I mean, well, we, we sort of can have a fair idea of what Curious will be like if he's in an argumentative state. Yeah. We'd all... He's all mouth, Rob. He's all mouth. He's all mouth. He knows how to fire in <laughs> the right direction. Uh, Passari accused the former world number 13, he was the former world number 13, mm. of lying to her and shared a photo to Instagram purporting to show him in bed with a naked girl. Could have okay. been any time, though. Could have been yeah. any time. 
<laughs> the social media drama resulted in a verbal argument between the pair in their hotel suite, and police eventually had to be called to move them into separate rooms. Mm-hmm. Well, he's uh, sound like he's just gone off, uh, and uh, I don't know were they in a, any sort of long term relationship or se- of any serious note. Do we know? No, 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 do we care? Uh, well, how would either of us know? <laughs> That's right. Really. Uh, but I, we only I'm really, really keep that tabs on him when he's playing tennis, not when he's quarantined. Well, he doesn't seem like much phases him. Like he's like he's uh, he gets on and just goes about his business, really, doesn't he? I mean, doesn't he's not doesn't seem like one to dwell. He's going to be a professional gamer within a couple of years. He he lives gaming when he's on tour with tennis. That's all he does. Apparently. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mad gamer, Rob. He's a mad gamer. I, I reckon those games these days would be that good. That would be a very easy addiction to kick into. I know you will disagree with this until forever. Oh, no, I agree with you that it definitely is addictive. Well, I not smite. If, I wonder if he plays uh, online tennis. <laughs> Wii style. That would be one of the great ideas. Um, no way. I would say zero <laughs> chance. I would say zero chance of that. Hey, uh, you remember this guy? Inside the 1,200 metres they go. I reckon nothing will change until they get to about the 500 metres, so we'll take advantage of that. Snow White. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, they're out having a Sunday drive, leisurely Sunday drive in the car. Suddenly she swerved and missed a uh, a possum walking across the road. Anyway, the car rolled. It was a terrible crash as the field get to the 800 metres. Anyway, eventually Snow White, she manages to get out of the car. She's the only one to get out. She's very worried about the Seven Dwarves. She yells out, can anybody hear me in there? After a few moments, a little voice pipes up. Australia will win the Rugby World Cup. Thank goodness, says Snow White. Dopey is still alive. Up towards the home turn, they come here with about 450 metres to go. Well, the guy's name is George Simon, and he's back. Probably about a minute to get there too. So anyway, the story goes, late one night, a burglar broke into a house. While he was sneaking around, he heard a voice say, Jesus is watching you. He looked around and saw nothing. So he kept on creeping around, and again he heard... Jesus is watching you. In a dark corner, he saw a cage with a parrot inside. The burglar asked the parrot, was that you who said Jesus is watching me? The parrot says, yes. Quite relieved at that. The burglar asked, what's your name? The parrot said, Clarence. The burglar said, well, that's a stupid name for a parrot. What idiot named you Clarence? The parrot said, the same idiot that named the Rottweiler Jesus. Over towards the one by the... He's pretty limited in his uh, ranges, George, but uh, he tries to uh, make New Zealand horse racing interesting, that's yeah, for well, sure. He's, you know, he's got a certain time frame there. That would have to be at least a 2,000-metre race. At least. Yeah, very, very risky. I mm. mean, because the thing is, he says that they approach the 800 metres, and then in the time that he takes to tell oh, the rest of the other jumps, jokes, and he's saying, racing. here they come into the 450. Yeah, it's jumps racing. Oh, it's jumps racing. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's well, that's pretty all slow. Right. That's all right. They're not pounding along. Hey, the Canning jumps racing in uh, uh, South Australia. Gone really? and done. Yeah, yeah. All gone and but done. But yeah. Warner Bull still okay, I, I think, guess. well, it's um, it's just a purely financial decision. Oh, financial? Yeah. Not horse welfare? No, totally financial. Okay. They, they just right. couldn't sustain crowds or whatever. So, um, wow, I didn't yeah, know that. That's what, that just happened just uh, last week, I think. Okay, that's uh, Morfittville, I think they do jumps, don't they? Uh, well, Morfittville's the main track. I don't yeah. know if they do jumps there as well. Mm. The Everest this Saturday. I'm yeah, we're all you, over it, Rob. We're all over the, the, it. You know what I like the most? No. The two horses that I'm backing, no one's talking about them. Oh. And I'm telling you, even, but Guy Charles Olds, he's just coming from 11 to 8.50 because he's drawn barrier one. He'll go forward-ish. He'll sit behind Nature Strip. 
Eduardo, and who else is together for, for oh, uh, Home Affairs? They'll all go three of them go forward. He'll just sit behind them, and then uh, in the straight, he'll just gap it. He almost ran him down last time over only 1,100, or right. maybe even be 1,000, actually. Extra 200 metres for the Everest. That'll be enough. He'll, he'll just right. go around him. Failing that, if something goes oh. wrong up front, the Inferno, who, who come from last, very nearly won the Moya over 1,000 metres, just behind Wild Ruler by half a head. He's drawn the wide barrier, so he can just sit at the back, and he'll peel out and run very, very well and be there or thereabouts. Brilliant. 26 to 1 for the Inferno. Oh, the Inferno. Inferno for a place, people. For the you win. You heard it here first. So certainly the place. Put it each way. Yeah. We've got to thank Pat Chambers, even. Pat Chambers, yep. Yeah. Uh, the chairman of uh, Hunger for Tan, who were in the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup on yep. Saturday. The best of luck. They're playing Bromley, Rob. Yep. For the chance of the big time. They'll If they get through the first round proper, they'll be all over the news. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that. I met a guy called Bromley once. What was his name? <laughs> Bromley. Thanks, thanks for that. Great stuff. So best of luck at the ball pit on, or ball pit lane on Saturday. We will be watching with bated breath. We've got to thank Jack Link's beef and ham jerky. Don't forget that, people. Even if you're in the UAE. Yep. It's not bacon <laughs> turkey jerky. It's real bacon jerky. So thanks to good people at Jack Links. Get Jack Links. If you're watching the Everest, then you need a packet of Jack Links beef jerky to accompany your watching practices. To set the world alight with the inferno. Thanks, Rob. The inferno. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Um And it's the food of astronauts. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Food of astronauts. You've been forgetting that lately. I know. Oh, oh you did know. Or you I did, know. You obviously, you, it. obviously, you don't know. You remember afterwards. <laughs> no, I did yeah, know yeah. I've been forgetting it. Yeah. That's a different story. So, it's, it's made the end less dramatic for me, and uh, I don't feel yeah, like I'm being yeah. physically accosted. Okay. I don't even know what I'm doing this weekend. I've got no idea. I don't even think that far ahead anymore. Well, after the weekend I'm just ahead, I'm looking forward to... Uh, rest and recuperation. Rest and Everest. And UDL City. No, not me. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Are you, you're still going to work, though, aren't you? Not on the weekends, no. Oh, not on the Oh, sorry. No, you can't, can't, can't have that. <laughs> well, I'll do Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, check us out on the Facebook page, 365 Days of Sport. Podcasts are there. If you listen on the podcast, yep. we thank you. We really do. We really do. Numbers have gone through the roof. I don't know why. Oh, yes. It's because we've been telling people about it. That's the difference. Is that all it is? Uh, this has been episode 219 of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. 365 days of sport. See you next week.